Hello everyone, and welcome to the Commander's Forge. My name is Andy Bentley, and the Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and anything else that I kind of want to. Well, I put a focus on my mental health, which has been in shambles for years. Now, this week I am going to talk about the uh, Commander Sealed, the 2022 Commander Sealed. But first, I would like to tell you uh, the main reason I didn't release a episode last week talking about this is I was extremely busy. My sister's wedding was on Saturday. We were doing setup for that on Friday after work. And then on Sunday, I had two teeth pulled. And that's been... Uh, I'm still not fully recovered from it, but I'm getting there. Now, as far as the Commander 2022 Sealed event goes, it's been amazing to me watching it grow into what it has and imagining where it can go. I've been to every one of these events, and th like I think the first one was... 24 people and then the second one was 64 people and then this one was around 300 people and that's amazing i will say there are some growing pains to this uh the first one being finding a venue that's well i'm just gonna say air-conditioned <laughs> And I do know that there were some people there that uh, did not understand the spirit of we're doing this for charity and we're just kind of in it for their own value. To those people, I respectfully say, go touch grass. We raised around $14,000 for the Trevor Project. That in and of itself is what that event is about. It's not about spiking a tournament. It's not about making money back. It's about helping those in need and having fun while doing it. Now, I do think the main issue I had was just the venue. It didn't help that during the event I was uh, exhausted because I've been running nonstop for the last few months just trying to get my life together. And the week before that, my car had been dead and I wasn't even sure I was going to make it there. So I was coming off of the stress of that. And yeah. Overall, the event was a great time. I do hope that next year we can find an area that's a little more comfortable. Possibly with chairs that I don't think are going to break under me. That's yet. All in all, had a good time. I did bow out during the third uh, game, mostly because I was 
starting to feel like crap and really just wanted to get home and crawl into bed and pass out. So that's what it did. Uh, so I will say hopefully next time we can uh, get some more people, some more of the bigger name people to show up. Uh, I did like on Twitter mention two the Commander Shield account that some of the people I would like to see reached out to were uh, Quiver Time and The Professor. Just people that I think are really going to spread the uh, attendance to a larger audience. And yeah, all in all, it was a great week. And... Yeah, that's about all I can say about it. I, even for how stressed I was, had a great time. Now, I am going to, in the next part of this, go over the deck I ended up building and how I got to the deck that I built. So I will be right back. I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody, and I know it isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff, believe me, I know that. But if you would like to help support the podcast, you can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always put into the description of either the video or the audio, wherever you're listening to it. It would really mean the world to me. Honestly, I'm just struggling to make ends meet most weeks. But that's it. That's all. If you want to help, the links will be where you can find them. And welcome back. Now, the way the deck building actually worked is everyone was assigned to a table with three other people. Then your table was paired with a second table of four people, and that was considered your quote-unquote pod. Now, what this meant is as you were opening your packs and deciding what you wanted to do, you could also trade with people within those two tables. And I'll get to that more when I get to what I did trade for for my deck. So opening my uh, packs, I started with some of the more interesting packs and then moved into some of the more mundane packs. So while I was opening, my first thought was, man, I have some really good white cards and some really good black cards, so maybe I'll see if I can find a black-white commander. And the first one I came across was Alenda the Dusk Rose from Double Masters 2. Uh, two, a white and a black for a 1 1 vampire knight with lifelink. Whenever another creature dies, you put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on her. And when she dies, you create X 1 1 vampire creature tokens with lifelink where X is Alenda's power. And then shortly after pulling her, I found uh, Lisa or Lysa. I don't know. Shroud of Dusk. Uh, 
she is a 5-5 angel for 2 white, white, black. And then rather than pay 2 for each previous time you cast a spell from your command zone, this game, pay 2 life that many times. It has flying lifelink, and whenever a player casts a spell, they lose 2 life. For a long time, she was the front runner in my pool for who I was going to build. Uh, she was from the original Commander Legends. But then I got to my new Capenna pack, and I pulled Rafine, Scheming Seer. It's a 1-4 Sphinx Demon for white, blue, black. It has flying in Ward 1, and whenever you attack, target attacking creature connives X, where X is the number of attacking creatures. Uh, and then that kind of opened up the way for me to go into Esper. Uh, and that was supported fairly heavily by just what I was pulling. So, like, I ended up with a Clearwater Pathway, which adds blue, and has the flip side of Murkwater Pathway, which adds black. Uh, I had two board wipes with Slaughter the Strong, which is one white white for a sorcery. Each player chooses any number of creatures they control with total power, four or less. They sacrifice the rest. And then I also had a temporary lockdown, which is one white-white for a enchantment. And when it enters, you exile all uh, non-land permanents, mana cost two or less, until it leaves the battlefield. And that kind of started the basis for what I was looking at. But then I also ended up with stuff like Dorothea, Vengeful Victim, which is a white and a blue for a 4-4 spirit. She has flying, and whenever she attacks or blocks, she sacrifices it at the end of combat, and it has Disturb for one white-blue, and it becomes Dorothea's Retribution. It's an aura. You enchant a creature. The enchanted creature has, whenever this creature attacks, you make a 4-4 spirit creature token with flying that's tapped and attacking. Sacrifice it at the end of combat. If it would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. Uh, we ended up with a moderation. It's one white-blue for an enchantment. You can't cast more than one spell each turn. Whenever you cast a spell, draw a card. I felt like this would go good with uh, Rafine because, for the most part, if you want to get your creatures big, you're going to be discarding your, no your non-land cards anyways. Uh, now, I do want to bring up the trading at this point because it was amazing to see how people were willing to trade powerful spells if they knew they were not going to be in that color which is how i ended up with thalia guardian of thraben for one and a white she is a two one human soldier with first strike non-creature spells cost one more to cast and how i ended up with teferi time raveler one white blue for a Four loyalty planeswalker to fairy. Each opponent can only cast spells anytime they could cast a sorcery. Plus one until your next turn. You may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. And minus three is return up to one target artifact, creature, or enchantment to its owner's hand and draw a card. So I kind of had this amalgamation of cards that go well with my commander powerful creatures, and then, like, cheap flyers. So we ended up with stuff like Dusk Mangler, which is a 5-black-black, 5-4 black, black, horror. 
As an additional cost, you sacrifice a creature, discard a card, or pay for life, and then when it enters, each opponent does all three of those. And yeah, so it just kind of turned into a play things, attack, get things into the graveyard, and then recur them with things like Summon Undead, which is four and a black for a sorcery. You may mill three cards, then return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Graceful Restoration is three white black for a sorcery. You choose one. You either return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. Or you may return up to two target creature cards with power two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Forever Young is one and a black for a sorcery. Put any number of target creature cards from your graveyard on top of your library and draw a card. And Cauldron's Gift. Four and a black for a sorcery. It has adamant if at least three black mana was spent to cast a spell. Put the top four cards of your library into your graveyard. You may choose a creature card in your graveyard. If you do, return to the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. Yeah. Now, I will say where the deck kind of, sort of, lost a bit of its luster is I only had one counter spell and that was memory drain two blue blue for an instant counter spell scry two so I kind of wanted like I would have been happier with two to four counter spells just because there was a lot going on that's just how sealed works uh, but I did end up with like blood pact which is Two and a black for an instant to draw two, lose two. I had a decanter of endless water, which is a three mana mana rock. Taps to add any color, uh, and you have no maximum hand size. Uh, I ended up with an Oji, the exquisite blade. Two white blue for a two, three human monk. When it enters the battlefield, you gain two life and scry two. Whenever you cast your second spell each turn, you can exile a creature you control and return to the battlefield. Yeah, and it just kind of, I'll give you a quick spoiler, I did not actually win any games because uh, my commander was kind of scary, but when I was building the deck, I kind of was like, how many flyers can I get in Esper? So I ended up with a Mole Drifter, which is a four and a blue for an... Uh, 2 2 flying elemental. When it enters the battlefield, you draw two cards, or you can evoke it for two and a blue. Even Surveyor is three blue blue for a 2 2 bird scout with flying. When Avon Surveyor enters the battlefield, you either put a counter on the Surveyor or return a creature to its owner's hand. Advanced Stitch Wing is three blue blue for a 3 4 zombie horror with flying. You can pay two and a blue and discard two cards to return it. From your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Uh, Skulking Ghost is one and a black for a 2-1 spirit with flying. When it becomes the target of a spell or ability, you sacrifice it. Uh, Kitchen Imp is probably the most synergistic card I have in the deck. It's three and a black for a 2-2 imp with flying in haste. But it also has madness for a black. Uh, we have... Noxious Dragon, 4 black black for a 4-4 four four dragon with flying. When it dies, you can destroy a creature with a converted mana cost 3 or less. 
Battlefly Swarm is a single black mana for a 1-1 Phyrexian Insect with flying. And for a black against Death Touch. Uh, Eye Collector is a single black mana for a 1-1 Fairy with flying. When it deals combat damage to a player, each player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. And then we have our big ol' heavy-hitting Sarah's Emissary. Four white-white for a 7-7 seven, seven angel with flying. As Sarah's Emissary enters the battlefield, choose a card type. Me and creatures I control have protection from the chosen card type. But, yeah. I guess... The, the one card I want to bring up as kind of like the end to like this quick little uh, here's what I played is I pulled a Sword of Sinew and Steel. Three mana, equipment, has equip two. Equip creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from black and red. Whenever the equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, destroy up to one target Planeswalker and up to one target artifact. Were the planeswalkers super uh everywhere no did i get to blow up a minskin boo with this yes and i actually had the sword of sinew and steel on rafine twice but yeah i i think i think i'm just gonna leave it there it it was a fun deck i had been debating building a Rafine deck for a while, and I think I might. To that end, like I've also been thinking about, you know, Lysa and Alenda as possible commanders for things that do things differently to what I've done in the past. All in all, I had a great time. Even if everybody else didn't. Yes, I was very worn out by the end of it. But a lot of that's also just because I was very worn out at the beginning of it. All in all, we had a great time. And I hope next year we can do it bigger, better, and preferably somewhere with air conditioning. That would that would probably be great. Uh, but yeah. I'll uh, see you next time. Thank you for listening. All of my links can be found in my link tree in the description below. I would like to thank Ian Foss and Cody Mulpey of the band The Crypt for allowing me to use music for my opening and ending, along with Nate and Erica Jacobs for making my original logo. And I would also like to thank Christina McNichol for creating my new logo. And I'll see you next time.